This is the Home Health Revealed podcast. Hear stories from real industry leaders discussing topics affecting the ever-changing industries of home health, hospice, and palliative care. Podcast. I am your host, Mike Greenlee, and like always, I've got my co-host here, Hannah Bale. What's up, Hannah? Yes. Hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. Good. I'm living the life. Are you? Yeah, you want to know why? I do. Because I got a new water system in my house. Softener? Yeah, and filtration, which means I do not have to worry about my sink water anymore. Nice. It probably does wonder for your skin and hair as well. I can't wait. I already have beautiful hair, but I mean, this is going to make it better, I think. This is brand new, though? Yeah, it just came in today. The guy oh, just, so it's not even installed. No, no, no. The guy put it in. Do you think I could do something like that? Well, no, but I was willing to be impressed if you could. Yeah, not happening. Mm-mm. That's why they have really good plumbers to do stuff like that. That is exciting. It is exciting. Do you have to add the salt pellets? You do. Yeah, only two bags. And then it, it's, uh, they say it's a smart one. I don't know really what that means. I think we've got a lot of smart stuff in our house, but I don't think we use any of the smart stuff, right? Well, I got stupid stuff in my house. So. I don't think... You have stupid appliances. I just, I have to push buttons like actually on the appliance. I can't like guide everything in my house from my phone. I have other people who they're like, oh, I forgot to set my alarm system. I'm going to do that on my phone. I forgot to start my dishwasher. I forgot to start whatever, but you still have to load it. I mean, why walk away and push a button? I don't know. But you know, all that smart stuff, all that, you know, the, what is it? Alexa. Then you've got Google. Then you have. We have Siri. Siri. Then you have Fred. I don't know if that's right, but it just sounded right. But you know what I mean? And yeah, what do the you problem have? is at our house is we have all, all all of them, but nothing combined. You know what I mean? So I have oh. like every brand and you really should be brand specific. Yeah. Yeah, we're an Apple house. So everything in our house is Siri. But I have Susie, my daughter. So when we say we say Susie, sometimes she'll be like, yeah. Siri comes on. Siri comes on and says, yeah. All right, enough about your family. Yeah, enough about us. Hey, we got a great host. We do. Oh, wait, I'm we the host. were the host. We got a great guest. We have a great guest yeah, today. Yeah, that's what it. Um, so this podcast is brought to you by HealthRev Partners. Grow your agency and expand your mission with a high power revenue cycle management partner, powered by Velocity, the most advanced coding and billing software in the market for transparency, analytics, and clinical intelligence. That was really good. Thanks. Okay, so let's talk about who we have on the show today because the great guy, and he has a lot to offer our audience. So Brandon Lang, he is the co-founder and CEO of Haggai Healthcare Corporation. Brandon started his healthcare career working on an ambulance as an EMT at just 19 years old in Los Angeles, California. So while he was in nursing school, his passion for emergency medicine allowed him to continue his work as an EMT in the same emergency department that he was flown into by medical helicopter at 16 years old following a traumatic car accident. He transitioned into a new grad program in the ICU of the same LA hospital and then into the ER, ultimately working over 14 years in the ER. Toward the end of his ER tenure, Brandon also worked as a critical care transport RN in Southern California for approximately two years while pursuing his dream of becoming a flight nurse and working on a helicopter. He became a flight nurse then in 2001 and served communities in Arizona and California in the air medical industry for over 17 years. After a brief time pursuing leadership in the hospital structure, Brandon grew tired of the endless hustle and realized the toll it was taking on his family, his health, and his overall quality of life. So admitting that the pace he was running at was clearly unsustainable, he began looking for opportunities that would allow him to have more control of his schedule. So after decades in corporate health care, 
He also had a passion to create an environment for employees where they would feel valued and needed and not just a member in a large business structure. So smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, in November of 2020, Brandon took a huge leap of faith and purchased Haggai Healthcare Corporation. <laughs> so he says, some say idiot, others say genius. He believes his verdict is still out. I love that he wrote that in his bio. Um, Haggai Healthcare is a home health agency located in Phoenix that provides skilled nursing, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy to patients in their homes across the valley. This was an extreme shift from emergency medicine and air medical, but the margin it has brought into his life is undeniable. In 2022, an opportunity with a very talented team of nurses presented itself, and Brandon jumped at the idea of creating a new concierge healthcare business that would focus on wellness, helping each client they serve to be able to live the best version of themselves. Thus, the drip IV infusion was born. Brandon's why in all of this is his relationship with Christ as the foundation in all he does, his amazing wife of over 23 years, and their six children. Brandon knows that helping both Haggai Healthcare and the drip IV infusion would not be possible without an amazing group of professionals around him. He is incredibly grateful for a team whose values align, believing that if they take great care of their team, the team in turn will take amazing care of the patients and clients to which they have the honor of providing health services. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you so much. I, uh, I hear that and I think, wow, one, it's too long. And two, that's an amazing story. I love to hear that. You're a saint. Hearing it back is a whole different perspective. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty curious about your grocery bill. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so, you know, Brandon, we have a lot in common. Um, we have the, I mean, we, we basically share the same business philosophy. I, you know, came from a corporate America type environment and, and it's, it's fine. Um, but I, I always wanted to, um, you know, start my own company as well and, and just have like the very best culture where everybody matters, you know, people aren't numbers. And then, you know, we started in, in 2020 as well, one month before COVID hit. Um, and so that was always quite the, the challenge. So we share that somewhat in common as well. But, um, you know, hey, we, we went to that bio and it was a fantastic bio. Um, and, and Hannah did a great job reading it. I mean, I got to give her some, some props there. I mean, but let's, let's start if we can, Brandon, I'd like to start by giving the audience some background on Hey Guy and a little bit about your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, I say that entrepreneurial journey. Entrepreneurial. That's a tough word. Uh, journey on, on, uh, um, and into the home health, man. I, I want to hear that story. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Hannah and Michael for letting me be a part of this today. So Haggai Healthcare started back in 2006 as a Medicare, Medicaid, home health agency. Um, and the previous owners just got to a point where they were done and looking to retire. I had, after uh, 17 and a half years in the air medical industry, was just at a point where I, I thought I really wanted to pursue the hospital side and go up into the leadership structure there, but very quickly realized it's just... Maybe I'd been out of the hospital for so long. It just wasn't um, something I had passion for very quickly. And I looked at all different opportunities in healthcare. I looked at like, um, like bounce house buildings. I mean, I looked at everything that would be as a, a potential and saw Haggai Healthcare popped up. And I saw there is a tremendous amount of opportunity um, in that setting to want to grow it. Uh, strategically to grow it, to provide support to the team of, of nurses, PPOT and speech that are working for us and really grow that team. And so um, I bought that in November of 2020 
And it was it was a bit nerve wracking, to be honest, because nobody knew what was going to happen with COVID. But we really worked. I think we started with about eight nurses, roughly on on the books. And I think we're sitting at about 32 right now. So we've really worked hard to grow our team. We've really um, taken a different approach to how we how we do treat our team, because in a corporate structure, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of perception is that everyone is kind of a number and we've got to hit the bottom number on the spreadsheet and and where we've changed our approach really is that we tell our teams look at patients are absolutely important but we put our value in our team and we believe that if we put high value in our team they will be the professionals that they've been trained to be and they will provide great care to their patients which will in turn bring patient satisfaction which will in turn trickle back to the referral sources and their providers. And it's just full circle. And so that's kind of, it's just a different approach we've taken. And being the fact that we're not this massive corporation, um, we are able to spend more time investing and getting to know our team and supporting them where they're at every day in life. So uh, it's, it's been a huge change. Yeah, but really no, that's a great trickle down effect. I mean, I, I like how you push that out. Your team provides the care. You provide the care to your team. Your team provides the care to your patients. And with one taking care of the next, it just works. Um, but that's, yeah. it's quite a switch to jump in this entrepreneurial journey. What are, what are the top three things you would say keep you up at night as an entrepreneur? First one I'd say is, is cash flow. And you know, they say cash is king, and and why is that such a big deal for me? Is because I I truly take um, the burden on of. Oh, there's a lot of folks that have said yes, they want to be part of our team, and I take that very seriously, and I want to make sure that um, I know that that the organization and I'm responsible for that is providing livelihoods and benefits and being a place that people want to work. So, so having the cash available to give back to the team um, for the hard work they've done. It, it, that's, that is a constant stressor for me. Now, it has improved over the last couple of years as I've kind of learned the industry. But I'll tell you, when I first looked at Haggai Healthcare, my, my thought was it's home health. I've done ICU, ER, and air medical. How much harder can this be? And I was an idiot for that because there's, yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a different part of healthcare and there's been so much to learn and I have been humbled to realize where my shortcomings are and learn of, of understanding where I have to learn to move forward and grow and understand the industry. So I'd say that's my biggest, that my, my, probably my number one is, is cash flow. My number two would be the fear of being found out that I'm a fraud, that I should not be a business owner. Who on earth let this guy buy a business? Um, I'm a, I, I am a big, um, I went through the business accelerator course through a gentleman called Michael Hyatt, Michael Hyatt and company. And I really uh, have loved that. Everything they, they talk about in there. And uh, that's one of his things he always feared as he became a CEO is, is I'm a fraud and people are going to find out and they're all going to leave. And that was day one after we signed all the paperwork. I came into the office for the first day. I like had this panic breakdown that everyone's going to find out and they're all going to quit. I'm just going to have this business that I don't even know what to do with. So uh, that's probably number two. And then number three is always that, what am I missing? What have I forgotten? Um, spending too much time 
in the business and not necessarily on the business. And I know there's a lot of potential and we're coming up on some some great changes at the end of this month. It's going to help me spend more focus there because I will get into this a little bit later, but there's Haggai Healthcare, the home health business. And then there's also the Drip IV Infusion, which is a whole nother business. And really being the president and CEO of both of those, I, I need to make sure I'm growing both of those businesses well. And that comes with recruiting, finding, having people that I hire that are better than me, have a better skill set than me, and surrounding myself with those type of people. And I feel like, I really feel like I'm making some great uh, headway in, in those categories. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we, you are such a super good dude. I mean, I just love those answers. I love the humility in those answers um, because it's, it, it's, it's being real. And we love when people are able to come on the show and be real because everybody feels that way. And so, yeah, man, thanks for sharing that. But now let's yeah. get to the wins, baby. To tell tell me about the three wins or, or just a couple, maybe, maybe just one that you want to elaborate on to tell us some of the big wins. How'd you get there? What'd you do? I think uh, my biggest, my biggest win is now that I'm a couple years into this, we're coming up on three years here in November, which is pretty amazing. Probably my biggest win is, is you heard my bio. I have a big family. And to me, it's all about, it's about being present. One at work, but, but I've learned that work does not identify me. It's my family that I strive to be a part of. I can never get time back. So being an entrepreneur, having my own business allows me to control my calendar, my schedule, and allows me the flexibility to be there um, to support them. And to me, that is, that's the number one. I mean, there's, there's always additional benefits of not being in a corporate structure. You can make your own decisions and you can do them quickly. And that's an awesome win. And, and then financial freedom, being a business owner, right? Sometimes it's great, but sometimes it's a little bit more of a struggle too. And so um, I, I love that though. And, if, and the fact that I can be at games for my kids and be engaged and involved and even some personal time. I just got back from a, an amazing golf trip with, with seven other dudes and uh, phenomenal time. And I would have never been able to do that previously. That's, that's awesome question about freedom and schedule. I know you said you're kind of three years in. So did you feel like you had to front load a lot of time and now you're getting to that? Like, did you have to put in a lot of time at the beginning? I, I did because I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. I, I'll tell you, and this is partly how I even um, connected with Michael back in the, well, three years ago almost was I took over and realized they're doing all of their billing in house. And they were heavily um, saturated with Medicaid. It was easier to get authorizations, easier to bill internally. And I know that that is not my expertise. Um, and I did not want to stay with just Medicaid. So we really branched out and started capturing other insurance groups and different models and letters of agreement, whatnot. But I could, I would have failed if I did not reach out um, and connect with Michael early on to help drive our revenue cycle management stuff. I, I just couldn't do it. And so, that's what it got us connected actually. Yeah. Uh, so tell me just, uh, this isn't, you know, one of the things that we, we typically ask, but you, you mentioned about family and you're starting this business. How supportive was your wife during that, that time? <laughs> it's funny because my, uh, I, I will just use 50% owner in this and I will ask her, I'm like, do you even know where the office is? Because you're, you're the vice president, but you, <laughs> I don't, what do you actually say you do around here? Uh, <laughs> And, and and you might not see her name on, you might not see her in the day-to-day -day operations, but from a support standpoint, 
I could, man, I couldn't do it without her. She's phenomenal. She is so supportive and encourages me. She, she is, she's phenomenal. She is so supportive. Yeah. I always say, if you see a successful man, what you, what you see is they have a very supportive, uh, spouse at home. Uh, because I, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't, this company wouldn't be where that, where it is today. If, if, uh, Whitney wouldn't have been supporting me and, and there are times, and I'm sure you did this too, where I, we were laying in bed and I'd just be like, Oh, Whitney, I don't know. I don't know. And she would just continue to encourage me and, and, you know, give me the motivation and we'd pray together about it. And, you know, it was just very uplifting. Yeah. You know, it's, um, we, we do, we'll do our walks around the neighborhood and kind of be, well, it's Arizona right now, right? So it's 110. So in the, the cooler months, we do our walks around the neighborhood and kind of just sit and have our coffee in the morning and kind of de-stress de a little bit, debrief with her. Um, and the other calming thing for me is my daughter because she's the youngest um, and tucking her at night in at night. She is a breath of fresh air. She kind of is a calming sense for me. And I just, I love that special quality time of tucking her in to help get back to my core of what I do, what I do everything for. So yeah, that little why. sidebar there, but, but here we are. No, yeah. I love your honesty. And uh, that's one of the things, you know, I really appreciate about working with you is just your transparency, your willingness to be brutally honest um, about the industry, about things you have going on. And you really have a track record of encouraging people to push their limits as you're pushing yours. And I really think that comes from the things you've talked about from your own life experience. So I, I want to have you talk a little bit about how your past has really developed you as the leader that you are. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I think one, it might be if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram eight. Oh, which... <laughs> oh, oh, Brandon. Oh, Brandon. Yeah. It, she is, okay. she is the Enneagram. I think she wrote we it. We could talk all day. Uh, yeah. I think I'm an eight. She uh, says I'm a three. I don't know. He's a three. He's a three wing four. I am a three wing okay. two, but my husband is an eight. Wing seven. So yeah. what, what is your wife? Uh, my wife is a one wing nine, I believe. Ooh, what would okay. my wife be? You know her. She's a, Whitney's a nine. I think she's a wing eight. Nine wing eight. What's a nine? A nine is the peacekeeper. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, and the sure. ones are the rule followers. So what's yeah. your wife's name, Brandon? Christina. Christina, okay. So Christina is like the rule follower, but she's also, so she's going to stay in those lines, right? But she's also the peacekeeper. So she's going to come at that from like a very holistic approach, I'm guessing. Yeah. And then eight is also known as the eight hole. Which yep. I, 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 <laughs> let's be honest. That, that's the truth of what it is. The and challenger. It's honestly, yes. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, I am so aware of it and I struggle with it every day, honestly. Um, here's the crazy thing is we decided to get tattoos as a family um, and there's eight of us. So we got the infinity eight is what we got. And so mine's on my arm. My wife got one. My oldest son got one. The other ones will get it if they choose to down the road. And so I'm in a small group and I, they're like, let's see your tattoo. So I pull it up and then it's an eight. And one of the guys, um, he's like, oh, you got your Enneagram tattooed on your arm. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I didn't even think of that. Please take it off. It's a constant reminder now, but maybe that's a good thing. So the questioning, you're always questioning and challenging. I think that's helped me get to where I am. My, my biggest challenge I think has been is making sure it's perceived as asking a question for knowledge, as opposed to questioning what's being 
said to me. Um, that's something I've had to work through over the years. But I think as a uh, starting as, a, as an RN working in the ICU, the ER, and then ultimately in the ear medical side, there's a lot of autonomy. You have medical directors, of course, but you're really in that industry. You're working with there's the RN, so as myself, a paramedic partner, and then a pilot. Is the three of you. And you're, you're extremely autonomous at what you're doing and you have to be very proficient. You have to manage a crowd. You have to take control of the scene and you've got to make decisions quickly. And you're hoping and praying that you're making the best decision every time based on evidence-based medicine and whatnot. And so I think that has been a huge area of what has driven me to do, to function in essence independently, but having the support around that you can, you can work off of in, 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 by learning that, I've learned that um, bringing on new individuals when I was in that structure of coming in, somebody brand new to that and being freaked out and nervous, coaching them along, walking alongside them, help develop them so then they can be leaders has only helped build me up. And then as I took transition out of flying and transitioned over to an education role and then a leadership role um, and continue to grow in that, that capacity, I was able to build up teams and, and pour into them so they could grow and thrive. And one of the constant things I always tell people is, look, at, I, I push for folks to get advanced degrees, certifications, whatever that is, because it's not just about what's happening today. I, I always tell people, I want you to look three years and five years out. Where are you going to be in five years from now? If you don't take action today, you're going to be in the exact same spot. So let's help you. I'm going to set a reminder in my calendar to remind you in, in 30 days, 60 days to reach back out to you and see what steps you've taken because I want to see you grow. And if that means you're not growing here, maybe it's a Haggai, but you're going you're gonna to get an advanced degree or certification or something and better yourself. And that means you have to leave here. At least I got to be a part of that journey, which is an honor for me to see you launch into the future. So that's just, that's kind of my mindset and that's just the approach I take with folks and the experience I've had that's got me to where I am today. So uh, you got to have a favorite verse. What's your favorite verse? From the Bible? My favorite yeah. verse? From the B-I-B-L-E. Uh, yeah. Um, it's actually, um, it's shoot, Joshua 1-9. And what's that verse? I can't even, it's a, you're going you're gonna to ask me that right now, and I'm going to have to pull it up because I can't say it off the top of my head. Um, Do not fear. Uh, it's, it's, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the don't fear verse. I feel terrible because it's actually, it's actually my screensaver. One of mine is in, not, but I can't see uh, it. Proverbs where it says, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I have, I not commanded you be strong and courageous to not be frightened and not be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's the, memorized, that's the Bible verse that was on my coffee shop logo. Well, okay. Really? okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'll be done. Yeah. So Brandon, you know, being the CEO, um, innovation is always key, right? And, um, that's really bringing us to the main topic of, uh, you know, what we're talking about today is this, um, home infusion therapy. And I, you know, I follow you on Facebook. I, I see your post all the time and you got some really great posts. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about how you got in that area and you mentioned wellness and, and the bio. And, and so kind of explain to us how you got into that and how you, the passion behind that. There's two, there's two parts to that is what you see on, on social media is from a Haggai healthcare standpoint is limited in, in the Haggai healthcare, um, we don't we don't have a social media presence because we get referrals that way. We 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 don't get referrals from social media for Haggai Healthcare. But what we do get is that that the the children of the parents are in the hospital and they go to Google because 
those people don't care about CMS star ratings. They care about what the Google reviews, what are the people really saying? And, uh, it, although the health, healthcare system cares about CMS, I get that, that's the, that stuff, but they want to feel comfortable that other people have experienced positive things with Haggai. And so when you look at home infusion, as they're getting ready to get, get patients out of the home or out of the hospital into the home. And if we can do that, instead of staying in the hospital on IV antibiotics every, every eight, 12 hours, whatever it is, and we can get them in a home setting, they're going to, they're going to do much better. So for Haggai, we, they weren't doing any home in, they weren't doing any home infusion. And three years ago, we started developing some partnerships with different pharmacies and did some training with our team and got them comfortable. Really, it's, if patients are getting discharged, we work with the pharmacy that delivers all these supplies. And then we show up at the house and we engage with families that are like, yeah, we think we can do this, but we're scared and we don't want mom or dad or myself to be in the hospital. Help us learn to do this. And we walk alongside them. We teach them. It might be several visits we have to make to get them comfortable, but they're able to do their home infusion, antibiotics, PPN, um, whatever it may be, lab draws. We do all that and, and follow them throughout that journey. And it's pretty, pretty short lived. We have some folks that are on uh, longer term uh, medications like Milrinone for, uh, for cardiac. And they're going to be on it for, for months. And we have some of those folks. When you look at infusion, what you'll see a lot of on social media is the drip because the drip is driven by social media because it's a wellness, the cash base only. It's a, I want to feel better about everyday living. I want to be a champion. I want to just feel great about myself. Or I, I partied too hard last night. I lived my best life. And now I got to be at a soccer game at two o'clock in the afternoon and I am dragging feet right now. So help me tune me up and get me back on my feet. And so that's a whole different side that, um, that is home infusion, but it's it's really we do have medical directors for that, a, a, an MD and a, a naturopath, and they provide guidance on vitamins. Um, you know, we do things like semaglutide um, and, and IV ozone, but but those are a wellness standpoint, and it's people that want to just feel better in day day to day life. Yeah, you, you could pretty much just set up at Arizona State uh, after a Friday night <laughs> for that drift therapy. Yeah, just line them up, baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're Country Thunder, Cowboy Christmas. And, I mean, there's all kinds of things that, yeah, big events that, that people just, they enjoy and live their best life until they're not living their best life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many benefits. Increased patient comfort, cost effectiveness, right, of having these services provided yeah. in the home, reducing hospital stays, um, really the need for commuting to a facility. You take care of that, which also is going to reduce risk. Are there certain types of criteria when you can determine whether a candidate is suitable for home infusion therapy versus the wellness? Yeah. So for, from a Haggai standpoint, when they're in the hospital or, or their own doctor's office and they need to get, they're debating, do we keep them in the hospital? Do, can we just send them home? They have to be teachable. Um, and, and some of that, or they have to have someone around them that can help provide the infusion because there's, there's one, the, they're not, they don't have to mix any meds. I mean, sometimes there's a concentration, but it's a quick push and the fluid mixes with the powder and it, it, it's easily uh, usable. They've got the IV tubing that they might have to connect. Uh, sometimes connecting the IV tubing into the, the pick line port, that can be challenging. And if, if, if you, maybe your elderly lost that, that touch and, and muscle strength in your hands, that's challenging. So having someone that can support you and being at home is way better than being in the hospital and they're not getting woken up every four to six hours for vital signs or lab draws. 
will come out. And if they're, they're determined to be teachable in the hospital, then they'll refer it out to the pharmacy and then we'll go out and we'll provide the education. We'll, we'll get them comfortable. Um, even if that takes four or five visits, we, we will get them comfortable. Very, I, I think might have had one in the last year that, that it just, they just couldn't do it. And, and that they went to a skilled nursing facility, but so much more comfortable for the patient to be at home. And we walk through all of the, the safety aspects of it, the hand hygiene, which is reinforced over and over. They've got this big laminated sheet that's step by step. And we, we just go through all of it, make them super comfortable, check in on them. And it's really, it's honestly, it's probably, you know, if you've got nurses doing wound care or doing IV infusion, the nurses love the infusion because it's a lot of education and making people feel comfortable at home. So there's different types of infusion therapies, right? And and how many do you guys do? Do you guys offer all of them? And, and what are all the types of therapies that infusion therapies that are out there? So we do everything from short term, uh, or we'll, we'll do everything from just like hydration therapy, which is just we're going to go in and we're going to start an IV and we're going to give them a bag of normal saline or lactator ringers. And then we'll, pull the IV when we're done and we leave and they might get that a couple times a week or we leave the IV in for a week, whatever that looks like. Um, some of it is short-term dosing of solumedrol. Um, so we'll, we'll give them that. And it's typically like three days, maybe five days. We'll do TPN, which is longer-term nutrition feeding. And that's working with the, the physician and the dietitian. Um, and, the, and then there's lab draws in there as well that we'll do. And with typically, typically these patients will have a pick line or a port and so we'll access either one of those for, for and teach them how to do their meds. Um, we'll pull the blood from there. Um, and then everything, to, and then antibiotics. And some of it is, is very specific, like a vancomycin. you got to have a, your blood draws have to be every week or however frequently they want it, 30 minutes before the next dose. So you make sure you're, you're timing that all. So some of it's, it's very specific. Some of it's pretty, pretty flexible. Once, once a day, easy IV push, antibiotics, and that's, that's it. So. Just work to support each patient where they're at. How has technology and the use of at-home devices made this more of a possibility at home? Um, so, okay, so prime example is we have a patient on milrinone. We have a couple patients on milrinone drips. And milrinone is uh, a cardiac med that a lot of times they might be on it in the home setting long-term while they're, maybe they're waiting for their heart to heal a little bit because they don't have the contractility they used to have um, or they're waiting for a transplant. And so when you look at the technology, well, they're set up where you are, you're basically teaching the patient and their significant other how to operate this pump, how to troubleshoot this pump. And then, oh, if it does fail, because it's technology, they, they will have a backup pump, but it, but it also has the technology to lock them out to what they can't do. So they can't mess anything up, but they can troubleshoot and they become extremely proficient with these units and when they call you, you know there's typically a trouble. There's an issue at hand, and and a lot of times we can troubleshoot and walk them through it. But the technology has made it, and the devices are extremely small, so these these folks can get out and still live life while they're on these meds. But they can be comfortable operating their devices and and travel and not be confined to their home. So what about like uh, infection control or safety measures? I mean, we've had agencies ask about that. I know agencies that are getting into this, that that's typically a concern. Um, what kind of advice would you give for that, for the, the, you know, safety protocols and infection? Yeah, I think one part, a couple of things, one partner with a, 
with some good pharmacies because a good pharmacy will make sure safety will be in mind because it's not just about the patient safety. It's also about the nurse safety. Um, so you want them, them both, you want them all in alignment. If you have, uh, as you're going to look at what safety measures are, I think something as simple as a laminated um, table mat, if you will, that has all the instructions step-by-step. Step. We talk about the SASH technique is just administering the saline, the administration of the medication, then the saline again to flush the line, and then the heparin at the end to prevent it from clotting. If you have that lined out where the, the patient and the nurse is, is repetitively looking at that same thing over and over, it helps helps minimize error. It keeps the patient safe because they're doing the same thing every time and they can follow it step by step. The other, the other thing is is not not utilizing needles, really going to a whole needleless system that protects patients, nurses, keeps everybody who's safe because sometimes your family member that usually supports you might not be able to make it today. And so that, that patient might have to instruct someone else and minimizing any needle stick potential. Um, we Sometimes we do have to have those and we have sharps containers there. So I'd say working with a good pharmacy, but the other aspect is, is hand hygiene. You know, you talk about it all the time. We talk about it through COVID all the time, hand hygiene, wearing the, wearing the mask when you're, when you're doing certain procedures, port access. Um, but typically just the hand hygiene for um, our patients when they're touching anything with, with their pick line and their ports, minimizing infection as much as possible. Right. Just maintaining that sterile environment. So I want to ask some questions about some challenges that providers might encounter, like reimbursement issues, maybe medication availability, and even caregiver burnout. How are you combating some of those? There's a couple of dynamics to this. One, if it's a Medicare patient, we're, we are billing Medicare because pharmacies are not home health agencies. They're pharmacies, so they don't have a Medicare license, so they can't bill Medicare for the home health side. So we would bill that. and and we use HealthRev partners to do all of our coding to maximize our reimbursement. And we have not seen a struggle there. The other side that we do is if it's any other insurance, the pharmacy is the one that's doing all the billing and we're under letter of agreement. So we're invoicing the pharmacy and they're direct reimbursing us. So we don't have to deal with the insurance. When you flip that and you look over at the drip side, that's cash-based only. So we use Square and show up, do our visit and, um, it's, it's self-pay right there. We don't do any insurances. We do some FSA and HSA. Um, and if it's big, bigger organizations that we partner with, um, then they'll just, we'll just invoice them. But we don't have to deal with any insurances, which is phenomenal. So that kind of answers the medication availability question then, too. You're depending on those pharmacies, right? Yep. Yep. We depend on the pharmacies. Even for the drip side, um, we do depend on pharmacies. Um, and, and the only real challenge we've had is the semaglutide because right now, um, Ozempic, you see, you see the, the struggle of getting having the availability of those meds because there's such high demand right now. Um, but other, but even that, we're still getting it fairly consistently. So it really comes down to the pharmacies getting the meds for us. And then the last one was caregiver burnout, which you've talked a little bit about this kind of your supportive aspect. And I know with Enneagram eights, sometimes they want more for people than they want for themselves. Oh, Do you for find sure. that true? I, I I do, and I'll tell you here, here when we started when I took over for Haggai. There was no benefits. There was nothing. It was just operations. Um, since then, we've changed our EMR platform. We've redone the whole office. We've added benefits now for our team, healthcare, medical, dental, 
vision, we've added um, AFLAC as an offering. We launched a 401k plan last year. Um, we will do referral bonuses, just try everything we can do to give back to our team. And we, we, we say, look, if, if it was me and I had all the money, I wouldn't work. I don't, I don't need work to fill my cup. I've got my family that fills my cup. And if I could be home with all this money, that'd be awesome, but it's not reality. But what I can control is that you feel like you're working in an environment that you feel supported, that you feel valued, that you're not just a number and that you truly not just hear words that say that we put value in you, but you see that firsthand. And that that's my giving back to our team because it's home health, right? Our, our office is kind of central Phoenix. We, we don't, they used to hold all the staff meetings here and we don't do that anymore. We go out to our team. We go to the East Valley, we go to the West Valley. We'll meet at coffee shops to connect with our, our folks for meetings, for whatever it is, um, to meet them where they're at, as opposed to just coming to where we are because it's more convenient for us. So yes, that is a constant, constant thing for me. You know, um, I got, I got one last question for you, kind of a two part question. One would be, you know, what are some of the regulatory and policy considerations that around, around this type of, of, of service? Um, and then another one is if, if, if an agency was looking to get into this side of the business, um, you know, what's it, what's it done for you all and what should they consider or maybe even obstacles that they may, they may come ac- across before they do it or can do it? Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, let me, let me start with the Haggai healthcare skilled nursing side. Um, if you're going to look to start offering home infusion, I would say one, get a litmus test of what, what your staff's comfortable with, because this is going to be an RN only skill. Uh, so you want to make sure that your, your team is, well, depending what state you're in, there might be some, some variances. So understand what, what each licensed individual can do from a state um, side. Look at how comfortable they are. When, when was the last time they were in the hospital setting? Are they comfortable with administering meds and educating patients on it and accessing sick lines and port lines? And what would it take if they're not to provide the training to get them comfortable, whether that's Corbett and I um, have gone out and we have walked hand in hand with some of our nurses to get them comfortable, uh, whether that's uh, I missed an IV. Well, we're going to go together. And if you miss it, I'll get it the next time. But I want you to know that I'm empowering you. You're not alone in this. Um, so you've got to be able to invest in your team to make sure they're comfortable and you have to be able to walk alongside them to do it. Next, I'd say um, find a good pharmacy that is um, that will support what you're doing and it, that, that they're, they're patient champions, but champions for you also and develop that relationship. I think that would be the things to help you and any new agency that wants to add infusion, get that set up and have all this stuff. Have the, you, it's not much investment from a supply standpoint because the pharmacies are providing most of that, but have all of the resources that you need in office, backup, spares, um, to make sure that your team is ready and comfortable to, to, to get out there and take these patients on. From a drip standpoint, if you're looking to start up your own IV infusion, um, that's a whole different path. And there, there are some pharmacy requirements coming down the path that we've already set ourselves up for as far as um, shipments to individual house, houses for, for um, staff members and, and whatnot. And we've, we do have a brick and mortar that all of our supplies come to. We've got medical directors um, to provide the support, sign the, all the, the prescriptions for these supplies. Uh, and it's everything from syringes to, um, to vitamins and medications because the doctor's got to sign those orders. So, and then if you're going to really go down that, 
I don't know of many home health agencies that are trying to branch over into the cash-based vitamin, nutrition, med spa kind of approach. Maybe there is. I'd say really look into your, your local laws and regulations and make sure that your team is really set up to do that because it's a totally different environment and approach than it is with the home health side. Well, Brandon, I, man, I, I, this is, this has been probably one of our best podcasts. That's not to take away from other people that have been on this podcast at all. Just, uh, you just being so transparent and, uh, enjoyed it. And here's the good news. I'm coming down, uh, in the fall because I, I'm not going to come in the summer because it's too hot, but it's a dry heat. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of a ginger. So, I mean, I got to put on sunscreen 75,000, but that's what everybody yeah. says. So when I, you, go. you and me both. Yeah. So I don't burn, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, yeah. I'm, but I'm gonna come down this fall. Um, you tell me the month that makes sense because I, I want to play golf. Now, I don't know if I'm bringing a left-handed set or a right-handed set. I'm still confused about that. But once I figure that out, I'm coming down and I would love for you and I to hang out and play some golf and uh, love to meet your wife. And because my wife will come down and would love to take you out to dinner. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'd love it. Surprise me with which, which clubs you're bringing in. I, I would love to connect. That'd be awesome. And right. You know what else I learned about Brandon before we let him go? He's a shoe guy. Oh, we've got a gift coming your way. <laughs> this gift we have coming your way, you will probably, you'll probably, every day he'll, he'll wear them. I need to know your shoe size, Brandon. Oh yeah, we need your shoe size. I am size 12, and Hannah, you all, I think you might have seen these. I was wearing my Jordans this morning, my teal ones, because they match the, the branding for the drip. And so we had an interview this morning with a new nurse looking to join our team, and I thought, this is great. I'm going to do this podcast with you guys today, and I'm wearing my, my Jordans, which yeah, my I shoes. love my shoes. Will you send me a picture? <laughs> will you email me a picture of your shoes yes, that yes, you I have will. on? I want to include them in this post. Hey, hey one more question. Yes. One more question. Yeah. The, the koozie that we had made, I saw the text you sent me, 1980 koozie back. Come 1980s on. called and want their yeah. koozie back. What are you talking about? That's a great looking koozie, Brandon. Michael is kind of obsessed with koozies. Yeah, it was very cool in the 80s, but the 80s called and they want them back because nobody's doing them anymore. <laughs> Except Michael Greenland. Uh, yes. Well, way, way to humble me. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. That's okay. Uh, well, Brandon, thanks so much. I know you got, you got a lot going on today and we really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for, for being a client of ours and the great things you did say about us. We really do appreciate that. Yeah. We do take pride in what we do. We're glad that we're doing good work for you. And as you know, if there's anything that you need, you know, we're just a phone call away. Um, but I will get some dates on the calendar. Uh, be excited to come down and take you guys out to dinner and play around the golf. But again, thank you so much for just being part of our podcast. We appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Take care, Brandon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.